This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Like most non-union auto brands building vehicles in the U.S., Tesla raised its wages for workers after the UAW secured record contracts with the Detroit 3. And now we know how much Tesla's factory workers are making. According to internal documents viewed by Business Insider, they now earn between $22 and $39 an hour. Tesla splits its pay tiers into three regions based on cost of living expenses. So workers in Texas and Nevada earn a lower wage than employees in California. Workers are divided into seven levels and leads are divided into two levels. The higher the level, the more you make. Workers can move between levels every six months depending on their performance and the company's results. And they're eligible for a bonus every six months as well. UAW President Sean Fain said it wants to organize Tesla's workers So it's going to be interesting to see if this pay raise is enough to keep them from joining the union. Some people said that EVs would never catch on in a big way because there aren't enough raw materials to make the motors or batteries. But two days ago, a company called American Rare Earths announced that it found a mother load of rare earth minerals in Wyoming. It says the site has 2.3 billion metric tons of rare earths and that it could become the largest mining site in the world for them. And today, the Wall Street Journal reports that the Salton Sea in California contains enough lithium for the U.S. to become self-sufficient in the mineral and could even account for 50% of all the lithium mined in the world. Production is scheduled to begin in 2027. This kind of reminds us of all the talk 20 years ago that the U.S. was running out of gas and oil until a fracking revolution turned the U.S. into the world's largest producer of those energy sources. And it looks like the same thing could happen with rare earths and lithium. The Detroit automakers are turning more and more to non-automotive people to lead their EV and software development. And now General Motors is the latest. The automaker announced it hired Kurt Kalti, a battery expert and former Tesla executive, to the newly created role of Vice President of Batteries. Kelty will report directly to GM President Mark Royce, and he'll be in charge of the company's battery cell strategy, including the use of raw materials, research, developing, and investing in new technology, commercialization of cells and packs, and -and end-of-life solutions. It should be becoming more clear that the auto industry is in a mad scramble to pivot to hybrids as a way to offset slowing demand for EVs. And here's a few more examples. JLR has been so surprised by the success of plug-in hybrids that it's comfortable in delaying the development of its upcoming EVs. Last year in Europe, it sold over 45,000 PHEVs, an increase of nearly 70%. And so the company is working to make more plugins available, which could push back its EVs. CEO Adrian Mardell says, quote, We are taking our time to make sure that we put the best vehicles we've ever developed into the marketplace. 
And he adds he will allow, quote, a few more months to get to that point for its first EV, which is an all-electric version of the Range Rover SUV that's currently scheduled to launch later this year. The company calls it, quote, the most refined Range Rover ever created and says it has over 16,000 pre-orders for the model. And in other hybrid news, the Kia Carnival minivan is getting a hybrid powertrain for the first time ever in the U.S. The setup, which is the same in the Sportage hybrid, consists of a turbocharged 1.6-liter four-cylinder engine, mated to a 54-kilowatt electric motor and a six-speed automatic transmission. Combined, they produce 242 horsepower and 271 pound-feet of torque. It's going to be interesting to see how this new setup sells compared to the 287-horsepower 3.5-liter V6, which is a carryover from before. Also new for the 2025 model year are a few styling tweaks, most notably the headlight design, as well as several tech and safety upgrades. Sales of the new Carnival are expected to start this summer. Toyota and Nissan are headed in completely opposite directions, at least on the Nikkei Stock Exchange. Yesterday, Nissan's stock posted its biggest drop in 20 years. The stock fell nearly 12%, wiping out $1.8 billion in market value. Investors were spooked by Nissan missing its earnings guidance and by sinking sales in China, which only two years ago was Nissan's largest market. Meanwhile, Toyota just seems to be going from strength to strength. Yesterday, it set a record for the Tokyo Stock Exchange when its market cap hit 50 trillion yen. That's $354 billion. Investors love the fact that Toyota's on track to post an all-time record profit when its fiscal year wraps up at the end of March. J.D. Power released its Vehicle Dependability Study, which we like to follow because it tracks quality problems after three years of ownership. Lexus and Toyota topped the list, followed by Buick, Chevrolet, and Mini. At the bottom of the list in descending order were Lincoln, Volkswagen, Land Rover, Audi, and Chrysler in dead last place. J.D. Power ranks Tesla separately from the rest because it doesn't get the same amount of data on them as it does the others. But based on what it does get, it puts Tesla close to the bottom between Lincoln and Volkswagen. EV charging network Electrify America is trying to make the charging experience more convenient and comfortable. The company just opened its first public indoor charging station in San Francisco. It features 20 fast chargers that provide up to 350 kilowatts of power. The station has a temperature-controlled lounge area with food and beverage vending machines, complimentary Wi-Fi, and bathrooms. And the station is open 24-7 with round-the-clock monitoring and security. Electrify America says it plans to open similar stations in large metro areas across the U.S. Volkswagen sales in China have tumbled by about a million units over the last four years. But it put a bigger focus on the market, turning more to local development, and it even hired a new CTO for China recently. And it looks like those efforts could be starting to pay off. According to figures released by the China Passenger Car Association, Volkswagen was the number one selling brand in China last month, even topping BYD. 
It sold just under 210,000 vehicles, an increase of 41.5% compared to last year. And I had a second place BYD who sold a little over 191,000 vehicles. But it still has to play catch up in the EV segment. VW ranked number six on that list in January. And that brings us to the end of today's show. Thanks for making AutoLine a part of your day, and I hope that you have a great weekend. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.